2: This is Little Atoms, a radio show about ideas and culture, with me, Neil Denny. On today's show, Stephen Burrow, on his debut novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy africa Stephen Burrow was born in Nigeria and has an MA in Creative Writing from the University of East Anglia, as well as a first-class degree in mathematics, and is recipient of the Booker Prize Foundation Scholarship. He was awarded second place in the 2020 Deborah Rogers Foundation Writers' Award, and is currently studying for a fully funded PhD in Creative and Critical Writing at UEA. His first novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy Africa, is what we're going to talk about today. Stephen, welcome to Little Atoms.
3: Oh, thank you for having me.
2: First of all, tell us how you would describe the novel.
3: Okay, so the novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy, Africa, is um, a common of age um, story set in present-day Nigeria. So it's about Andy Aziza, a smart and funny 15-year-old Nigerian boy who is uh, obsessed with blondes, whiteness, um, the West, and who his true father is. He's also ashamed of his uneducated mother. A photographer, and so um these feelings of obsession and shame become intensified when and this life is suddenly destabilized by communal violence
2: so tell us how the how the novel came to be how did it come about
3: yes so um I think the novel i can trace I mean the beginning of the novel to one evening in june twenty eighteen I was a uh, sitting in the living room, living room of my house. And when this powerful voice just comes to me, um, the voice is full of so much urgency. It was full of so much urgency, um, shame, guilt, um, the desire to confess and all. And, yeah, and it was just so visceral. And and then I just had to pick up my phone. I had a blackberry phone then that I used for writing. So I just picked up the phone and, and I began writing and writing and writing. And then after writing, so I read, I mean, the bit I'd written on my phone and, and it was... Like the most powerful, uh, incisive, and even this written piece of writing I had uh, composed up to that time in my life, and uh, and that's that passage that I wrote then has become the opening of my novel. So yeah,
2: and tell us something about the structure of the novel as well. The the five mysteries of the title is the way that the um the the book is sort of split into five sections.
3: Yes, so um. So I, I wrote the first drafts of the novel very quickly, like in two and a half weeks. You know? But uh, during the writing process, I I just got this idea. I could just see how the trajectory of my character's life, that's Andy and the Aziza, the, the narrator and the protagonist of my novel. I could just see how his life was just mirroring, strongly mirroring, mirroring the. I mean, this, this prayer, the five circle mysteries. The, and that is the prayer I grew up saying, um, uh, in church in Nigeria, uh, I also said at home. So it's a prayer of the rosary that uh, reflects on the final moment of Jesus Christ and yeah his uh his calling, crucifixion, his death and all that. So so I could just see how and his life um Mr mirrors and that trajectory. And of course, and the the mirroring to it it's sometimes subversive, playful, and like, kind of mirroring anyway. So it's not like Every single moment of that prayer of, of Jesus Christ's life, Jesus Christ's life was completely replicated. So, so whatever I could just see how how it really made, made the prayer, and and it to also, I mean, seemed at the time very powerful to me. Yeah, and 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 it seemed to also reflect the book in many ways, in many interesting ways, even though slightly slightly also ironic, ironically too, because the book is also um, playful. Hilarious and all that, I, I think, and uh, satiric too in, in what it does uh, with, with style, voice, and we, we just with the, the narrative in general. So, um, so I decided to use that title, yeah, for my book.
2: And you already alluded to this, but tell us something more about Andy's mother and their rather troubled
3: relationship. Yeah, Andy's mother is—I uh, mean, just this wonderful person who, I mean, is so gifted. She's so creative. She's a photographer and. Uh, and all that, and and but still, I mean, she's she's struggling, and like she's she's still, I mean, so many things about her life. It's just all about like a key word about her life is just failure. You know, so many things about her life. you know, um, I mean, she's she's been through, I mean, so much uh, abuse from from of course her different husbands from different men, and I mean, just kind that current that's I mean that's all that cross whatever that the Andy too gets to like inherit too in a way. Yeah. Suffering and all. So whatever and and so she's this wonderful person. And and in terms of her relationship with Andy, she is um like this very African Nigerian also woman who stimulates the sense of guilt that Andy feels by his departures from from uh, from his roots, right? I mean, by I mean from his desires, desiring whiteness, desiring otherness, and all. I mean, all of these desires, this this way, all things fell to him that he just find, that way, he found himself immersed in already from birth and all that. So she has this pivotal place she, she plays in Andy's life. Um yeah, so I and, and I really love her character. I mean because I mean, she's, she's she's this very strong woman who was the best person and who, who loves him to beat despite all his failings too and despite and that love, for example, comes in um, is demonstrated by her. her her attempt to protect him from many things, for example, by refusing to divulge the identity of Andy's father, and, and which also uh, creates much more, so much conflict in her relationship with her son. And so, the relationship between him and her and Andrea, the relationship is so, so complicated and so many dimensions to it. And he, she's somebody who he hugely adores, hugely respects, and hugely loves, but doesn't want to be, and hugely hates because or hugely feels ashamed of because of her failures and how her condition, her situation has, uh, yeah, has made her who she is. And uh, yeah.
2: And Andy also has a relationship with another family member who is his brother. His ostensibly elder brother, but a brother that he never met because he died at birth before Andy was born.
3: Yes, um, so I mean his and before Andy was born, I think two years before Andy was born, his mother lost a child. I mean I mean, through stillbirth, right? Yeah, she, she, so, um, it's, it's still baby, you know, and, um, yeah, and of course Andy. So, so, and Andy decides to, I mean, to give a name to to this person who he has never, who he has never met, and uh, who he feels he is in some way, and, yeah, and Andy calls his brother, yeah, calls him Idna, like the verse of Andy, right? Um, so Idna is just this wonderful character. I mean, there's so many ways I can I can talk about this, and. I can talk about it from the point of view of emotion, like how Andy is, how Idna represents that the loneliness he feels as a, as a young boy and, and how that amplifies the angst he you, you already, already feels by situation and all as somebody who's just going of age. And I can also see Idna too as um, that African self who Andy rejects who Andy doesn't want because that because his self has nothing nothing impressive about it in the sense that uh, I mean, the self seems failed and you know? all like, I mean, he feels like his community is filled. His country is filled, and, and all that. And so the African said that he rejects. The African self "Who is supposed to love uh, Fatima? He, his classmate, and who, who is also in, uh, who, who also fancies him anyway." So, um, so uh, it represents this this different aspect to and life and and this personality. And in many ways, actually, Eden is, is can also be seen as and this alter ego, because um, I mean, and sees himself as a superhero. And and this, the narrative also plays with that motif and all that and the there there aspect of, of Andy being a superhero and all that. And all the superheroes as having these alter egos, these different aspects of themselves, who they're who they're in conflict with and you know, who who perhaps they want to be, what they don't want to be at the same time and they yeah and, and, and it's so rich. And so Andy Andy animates or so animates this step this brother throughout the, throughout the narrative and 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 even that plays a very important role because it helps to helps Andy to unravel himself to Identify and uh, explore this aspect of himself that he cannot. There, he wouldn't. He wouldn't normally be able to see, except through that perspective, that point of view of either. And uh, yeah, and I really love in I really love the conversations, and it's very funny, and of course, very heartbreaking at the same time.
2: You mentioned Fatima, the the girl that you know by right should be the the person that he goes <laughs> on to marry, but um, but he has this. He has this extreme obsession self-described obsession with ostensibly unobtainable blonde women blonde western women um which is a sort of extreme version of all the characters in the books or or his friends obsession with western culture and its values tell us something about about that idea
3: uh, you mean in terms of Andy's obsession with the West, or okay, you mean about Fatima? Yeah, I mean how,
2: more, more yeah, how, yeah, more how like his yeah. just his sort of obsession with blondes is okay, sort of yeah. representative of of yeah, sort of yeah. modern Nigeria's relationship with Western yeah, culture yeah. itself.
3: Exactly, exactly. Um, I mean Andy is uh, in a way you can see Andy as this post-colonial product who he just caught like in these huge narratives and meta-narratives about. Uh, the complicated relationship between Africa and the West and of course and and the whole legacy of colonialism and uh, and post colonialism and all um for example i mean he like i think the you novel know, sees himself as like oh like these desires he he feels like that, that these are desires that, that they were already installed in him like as if as if they were pieces of software as they, they had already been installed in him in him from the moment of birth and all and and like he has no, no other choice but to, I mean, to carry out the, I mean, desire, this desire. So, I mean, to, to bear the burden of the desires, anyway. Um, so, Andy is just causing all this stuff and the, I mean, the huge inundation of Western culture in, in Nigeria, in Africa in, in general. Um, I mean, and the way like his situation is so complicated, so like filled, like his community is filled, almost everything is crumbling in terms of the economy of Nigeria. I mean, is it the infrastructure? Is he, I mean, I mean poverty and, and all that. And and so and and of course and, and when you begin to add other the impact of the inundation of Western culture, the, the Hollywood movies he watches, I mean when he watches the news and sees life in the West and all that. So and you uh, did to see why, I mean, his, his desire for otherness, for whiteness, his you know, centrism. I mean becomes so inflamed and 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 that is just all he wants to pursue. I mean, in the end, I mean, I only just, I only mean, the blonde girl, the blonde British girl, he falls in love with. She just symbolizes, I mean, this allure of the West and and all this uh, kind of very problematic, problematic uh, narrative, whatever the West has really fed him, fed him of. That oh, like we aren't good enough and and yeah, and the West, the Western sense of beauty or sense and definition for of beauty standards of beauty, whatever, wherever these are. Uh, what's we Nigerians or Africans are supposed to be desire and that that's what we should crave, I know.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
2: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Yeah, listening to Little Atoms, I'm Neil Denny. Today I'm talking to Stephen Burrow. We're talking about his novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy Africa. And Stephen, something else that Andy is obsessed with, which he presumably gets from yourself, is maths. And um, And one of the things that comes out of that obsession with maths, I guess, is this idea that he has of something called HXVX. Which he translates as "behind the curse of Africa." Tell us something about this idea.
3: Yes, um, like I mean, growing up, of course, and I mean, growing up in a very religious country, religious home, and and then you he, he hear about you he learn about Yahweh and why H W H and all. I mean, the name of God, the name, the name of God, and all right, yeah, in Judaism and uh, yeah, and the Old Testament, and all, and yeah. So, so I'm going to put a pin on that. Um, so I mean, Andy and and the difficult situations he finds himself in and you know, all like, as I've, as I keep stressing the failure and see as, as I say failure, I'm, I'm sure it's, it sounds it might sound very abstract to 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 listeners and you know, all, but but well, I mean, like Nigeria in for example, my country is so filled in so so many ways, and I mean you, it's so staggering. Like it's actually after the concept of hyperobjects. I think the concept developed by I think it, I can't remember the philosopher now. Well, I mean, systems that are hugely, so hugely complicated, that are so beyond our minds, our minds can't comprehend them. For example, systems like infinity, the size of our universe, for example. And I think, I mean, this impact of colonialism, colonialism, post-colonialism, and you know, all, and yeah, um, and their legacies, I think they, they're hyper hyperobjects too in, in a sense, in many ways. I mean, there's these so huge things that that have so so many huge consequences, I you know, for example, my name is Stephen Borough just because yeah, I mean a priest. to name Stephen because I was born on the feast of one saints here from 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 the west, right and you know, and so all this kind of stuff, so like it means it's like it father our lives, and you know, and then yeah, in terms of the failure of, of Nigeria um when the country is so filled in so many ways, I don't want to get into all that um so and this says oh like this. And the only way I can comprehend these forces is to, like, give a name to it. It's to give an identity to it. And I think that's where, like, the whole idea of HSVX comes about. I mean, yeah, and the cost of Africa. And with, with that uh, framework, he's able to some subsume, I mean, colonialism, um, I mean, kleptocracy, the, the I mean, slavery, all these kind of, all these heavy, 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 heavy issues that have befallen, I, mean, I mean, my continent, my country, and all that, and. And so it's able to give a name to all the, to all these elements. And uh, um, yeah, and, and so and again, coming to the, mot- the motif of um, I mean a superhero narrative, which the book is in a way. Um so we see how Andy is like a continual conflict, and he through um, the idea of HSBX, and he's able to like be in direct conflict with, with this super force, and because Andy calls HSBF a super force because of Africa is super force. So in this, in this direct conflict with Superforce, and he, like I don't know, he tries to battle H.S.V.X. to to destroy H.S.V.X. and uh, yeah, and, and that is what the narrative is like, yeah, in a sense. Well,
2: at the risk of of staying abstract for a bit um, on this on this same sort of vein, another big influence in his life is is his teacher, his auntie Zara, who has has come up with this um, a theory called antifuturism. Afrofuturism and animism, and this itself is is based, I guess, on a real life, a real life theory of um, quantum animism. Tell us something about who Zara is first of all, because she's a, a wonderful character, um, and then we can perhaps talk a little bit about the theory that she comes up with.
3: Yeah, um, so and um, so Zara is uh, uh master and uh, and she's also a family friend. Right, she's a, a good friend of Andy's mother. Um, yeah, so and I think you asked me a question about about math. I think I digress. I'm great I digress. That's digressing from I mean from questions, right? but uh, well, maths plays, yeah. Mass plays a huge role in my life. And uh, I mean I, I loved maths, I studied mathematics and uh, and I felt it has a great uh great use and impact in this novel because Andy uses mathematics to around himself, his his situation, his country and his continent in many, many ways anyway. So, so that is um, this interesting character. I really love Zara. I mean, she's fun, she's playful. She's just this, this person who helps Andy on his on his journey of self-discovery. Uh, she presents the counter narratives, many counter narratives to to Andy's western western influence narratives. Wherever Andy has about, I mean, for example, his desires for whiteness white and all that, and the, what is he about, about? Nigeria, about Africa in general. So, so she presents these counter narratives and she 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 creates this movement, right? This movement that that tries to uh one a movement that that brings together animism and futurism. Animism and afrofuturism and yeah so and she calls it anifuturism. So anifuturism all about uh I mean this wonderful theory that uh and movements because it because it's like a kind of religious movement and a social movement at the same time. So that's um uh, that's a movement that uh reflects on Africa's let me speak about Africa in general. Now, in Africa's I many of Africa, but many African societies' huge uh, legacy, wonderful legacy, in animism and all, and uh, ancestor worship and all that, and and she also brings about the aspect of um, Afrofuturism and like reclaiming the future that many African, many black black communities, like I mean, have been denied by history, and so like she tried to refine re- re- and reclaim the past of. Um, the glorious past of of Africa, and our own Africa's diaspora, and all that, and, and and a future too. I mean, for the continents and the, because and most times and this and this sounds so ho- hopeless about the country that oh the country has no direction, there's no hope at all. and all. But Zara presents this counter narrative and, and tries to secure attempts to secure a past, a glorious past, plus the legacies of colonialism and all that, and yeah, and 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 a wonderful future also for the continents. Yeah, the which...
2: novel is set in the main, in the northern Nigerian town of Kontagora. Tell us something about that place, what it's like.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful place. I mean, I'm saying wonderful, right? Bit, I'll put quotes to wonderful, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, like a Nigerian town, right? Anyway, so it's, it's, a, it's a nice, I mean, that was the town I grew up in, yeah. Um, my family moved to, to Kontagora in... Uh, in 1998, December 1998, and yeah, and, and so I, I spent most of I I went to school there and all that, and uh, so it's this town. I mean, it's it surrounds like um maybe two two hundred to three hundred thousand people, probably three hundred thousand people, yeah, in in the town, and uh, I mean by British standards, I mean that's like a big city, you know, but whatever. So a town in Nigeria, um, so it's yeah, and um. I mean I can talk about the town in terms of its geography. So it's in Northern Nigeria, uh demography. I mean, they are so it's around like 70, 80 percent, or we even say 80 percent of me, let's say 80 percent, so 70 80 percent uh Muslim, right? And uh, around, yeah, around like 20 percent or so, 20%, 20 percent, 70 percent whatever, Christians. Uh so and uh, so it, it's just like a, like an archetypal, like uh, Northern Nigerian town, right? Um I mean, with more Muslims and where, where Christians are, like, minorities there. And and, and Northern Nigeria I mean, is a part of the country that's of my country that's hardly written about, I mean, in terms of um, literary works that are published here in the West, right? Um, yeah, and so like, it's so, I write in this book, I, I was it's actually a huge privilege to be able to write about, I mean, about this wonderful region, Northern Nigeria. And, I mean, because they have a very wonderful, distinct culture, they have wonderful food. Yeah, but of course, well, it's and again, it's a Nigerian town, and, and it has many problems, many issues that, that that Nigeria, many Nigerian places, town cities and all, I mean, experience. For example, no, there are usually, usually of course religious tensions and uh, um I mean of course, I mean the huge misogyny and patriarchy in Nigeria anyway. So it's it's all just reflected everywhere. Or perhaps I mean, not it's even slightly even worse. I mean, like for example, women can't you can't women can can't dress. <laughs> I mean, you can't wear like, there's like fitting trousers, tro- 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 right? Like, tight pieces of trousers, whatever. I mean, you be, I or you can't, I mean, so, I mean, so Islam is very strong there, and, and you don't, and, uh, I mean, people can't, you, you can't just drink anyhow. I think it's, you can only drink, I mean, in terms of drinking alcohol, like, in just a part of this, of this, of the town, and, or, like, close to the, the barracks and all. So, whatever, it's just this wonderful town that presents a great, uh, setting for my novel, and, uh, yeah, and I really hope to see more uh, book sets in Northern Nigeria. I I think because Nigeria again, uh, Nigeria is is this country that that colonialism has forced. I mean, Nigeria is, Nigeria is like three, four, five nations, like all like forced to be to to be one, yeah, to be one nation, and to develop like a a, na- a national identity and all that. And uh, and so Northern Nigeria is is also this very amazing, interesting place place because most of our most of the writers of my country. Uh, are from the south, from so the southern part of the country. I'm also from the south, but that I said, I grew up in the north. Yeah, so I look forward to seeing more books from from the region.
2: So to finish it off, can I get you to read us a bit?
3: Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to read from my debut novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Angi Africa. So I'm reading from um, the first chapter. Dear white people, I love white girls, especially blondes. Blondes who wear their hair in ponytails and once a week in pigtails. Is this a fetish? I don't know. I'm just pretty sure I'll marry a white girl. A blonde. Do I think black girls are ugly? Of course not. That would mean mama is ugly. And I'm not going to take that shit from anybody. In fact... I haven't seen a blonde before, because this is Africa, and they are minus 0.001 blondes here. Still, I love blondes. Each strand of hair like a long, sweet sun. Hair like ripples of water chasing each other. I swear I can see my face reflected clearly on each strand. I go to bed hungry most nights. I sleep on my dead mats in our dead living room with dead electricity. And with my last energies, I reach into my shorts and think about blondes. And peace flows down my heart to my stomach and down to my feet. And I'm filled, And I sleep satisfied. Like a boy who's eating a dozen cheeseburgers. Though I just know the taste of that shit and I sleep knowing the future is mine. A 15-year-old African genius poet-auter boy who loves blondes is not a criminal, not a racist, not a sellout, but a sweet, cool, beautiful African boy.
2: So I've been talking to Stephen Burrow. We've been talking about his debut novel, The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy africa which is out now in the UK from Bloomsbury. Stephen, thank you so much for taking the time to share it with me.
3: Thank you so much for having me. A wonderful conversation.
2: This episode of Little Atoms was produced, presented and edited by me, Neil Denny. Little Atoms is hosted by ACAST and published by 89Up. The show is broadcast on Mondays and Saturdays on Resonance 104.4 FM. Thanks for listening.